At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast. In the dead of night, an explosion rips through the darkness. Nobody around knew that the nearby ancient European castle was a secret Cobra base, but its overnight destruction is going to be on the news tomorrow. Flying from the scene on a stolen Cobra Fang, the silent ninja Snake Eyes makes his way to home base with the stolen Cobra files he was after. It is then that Snake Eyes feels his aircraft tilt slightly. Looking over his shoulder, he sees that very small drones have shorted out the engine of the Fang, causing it to land more quickly than desired. Surviving the crash, Snake Eyes is greeted by a shadowy form. Glinting his eyes, he sees the valiant ninja Ninjak making his arrival. Ninjak wants the Cobra Files, and Snake Eyes knows that just can't happen. If two ninjas fight in the woods and don't make a sound, does a tree fall? We're about to find out. It's G.I. Joe versus M.I. 6. It's the Man in Black versus Special K. It's Snake Eyes versus Ninjack today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Ray Stacanus. Ray, you gotta know how excited I am about today's matchup. You don't get any bigger than this. On one side, in one corner, I should say, you've got the iconic character that when you say G.I. Joe, you automatically think, of Snake Eyes, the iconic, awesome ninja 
that we all grew up and fell in love with from the 80s and now love in comic books and soon to be live action, of course, on the other side. You have one of my favorite characters from Valiant Comics. It's Batman meets James Bond. That equals Ninjak. Of course, Ninjak, in my opinion, one of the top characters from Valiant Comics. I have been campaigning to get this character into a who would win matchup for quite some time. I'm kind of excited. Now, with that being said, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many people have already talked about this matchup. And just as I kind of thought, there have been a number of people who've talked about this matchup. Now, the last time I can tell that people talked about this online was way back in 2014. So we are due to revisit this matchup and to give it a conclusive decision on who would win. Ray, what are your thoughts in today's battle? I'm fired up for this battle. Look, I've done Snake Eyes on the show once before, and of course, dominated. Of course, took John Wick straight to the woodshed out back. I murdered his dog. I murdered his house. I murdered John Wick in an alley. Snake Eyes was victorious. Yeah, I remember that matchup. The uh, judge said it was very, very close. Uh, Uh, You know, judges say a lot of things, James. Don't worry about that. They sure dominated. Now, now, with that being said, you did get the win in that matchup. However, this is the third time we're using a Valiant comic character. Just to remind our fans, we had Bloodshot versus Wolverine, where Bloodshot got a really good but very close victory. We had Iron Man versus Exo Manowar, Valiant's heavy hitter, where Exo got the better of Iron Man. And now, I think I'm going for a repeat with Valiant Comics. I definitely think I've got the edge with Ninjak versus, not someone I'm taking lightly, you know, in Snake Eyes. Uh, you know, tell the fans, because you've got this other great show, Knowing is Half the Podcast. Oh, do I? Tell the, uh, Kind of. I know. It's just something that's pretty awesome. I hate to oh, say wow. it. Oh, wow. I love the people on the show, especially that Robert Clark Chan. Devishly I- I'm handsome, over might him. I add. I'm over him. <laughs> so how how much is on the line for you repping a G.I. Joe character in today's battle? I've repped G.I. Joe characters. Look, my success rate with G.I. Joe characters is pretty good so far. Undefeated with Snake Eyes. You have done a good job with Valiant Comics. I have to unfortunately admit you're undefeated with valiant comics one of these undertaker level streaks is about to be snapped today i can only hope that i'm on the winning side of it because i deserve it it definitely feels like a wrestlemania style match that's about to happen on the who would win show now we we talked about valiant comics love them as a company been following forever something for you ray i've been really wondering about this let's say you and i could put our differences aside for a moment and you and I had to create a comic book character mm-hmm. for one of these big companies. What comes to mind? Let's you and I collaborate for a second for maybe a minute and figure out what kind of iconic character we would create. So you start. What have you got in your mind for this? James, we all know how our collaborations normally go. I shout something at you, and you generally <laughs> agree with it. So let's just do this. We're going to create a character who's a, a large man who wears a lot of red, who's always right. Let's just start with the basics of this character. Large, loud, always right, having a good time. Somebody who often meets up with James Gavsey and destroys him. Let's just start with these, just these little bones of a character, and maybe we could flesh something out from there. This sounds great. I'm actually in full agreement with you, because you need a really powerful supervillain in your comic book story, which oh. is, this character sounds exactly like No, no, this like is that. the hero Let's, of the story. This is the main protagonist. We see the world every, through his beautiful hazel eyes. I mean, could be anything, e- but hazel's good. Every villain thinks they're a hero, Ray. We all know this. Now, let's talk about the hero themselves. Here's my idea. Take this, you know, big, strong, really tough, great fighter, good-looking guy with dark hair, just for an example. Let's say he's from a foreign land that people know nothing about, Canada, for example, and... He's he's very soft spoken, but, you know, very nice until you uh, get on the wrong side of him and then he destroys everything in his path. 
that sounds like a great hero who would absolutely destroy that villain you were describing shortly uh, ago. This makes for an iconic matchup. I think we have something really special. What would you call this comic book? I'll be honest, James. I wouldn't call it anything because, quite frankly, I don't buy it. This doesn't sound realistic to me whatsoever. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, Ray, I think you and I are just ahead of the curve. I mean, guaranteed. That's it. You know, and the world has to catch up. Now, speaking of ahead of the curve, Seriously. It's, t- it's time to introduce our guest judge, someone who's absolutely fantastic, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's the lead writer at Respawn Entertainment, writer for Apex Legends, Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Summer of Apex Legends, everybody. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this train on the tracks. It's about to fly off. It's the Ray Show. Introducing the first time ever on the Who Would Win show, Manny Agopian. Manny, welcome to Who Would Win. Hi. Hi. Yes, you nailed it. Nice job. (laughs) Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Uh, sorry you got yeah. interrupted, but yeah, I was on a flow there. I mean, this was crazy. I mean, you really, you've worked on so many great things. You know, your uh-huh. reputation definitely precedes you. In case some of the Hoodwin fans don't know, please tell them a little bit about your work. Yeah, so I'm a writer for video games. Uh, you already named those games. And yeah, the one, uh, obviously, you both are doing the show uh, for, what'd you call it, Ray? Apex Legends Month? What? This is Summer of Apex Legends. Summer of Apex Legends. So yeah, that's the game that that I've been working on for uh, like last three or four years now. And yeah, actually, you just reminded me we we actually do have comics, Dark Horse comics there that we wrote too. So there you go, Apex Legends comic that you could pick up at your comic book stores. I wrote the story with Jesse Stern and Tom Cassiello. Wow. Um, and uh, we also have a book too that we wrote called Pathfinder's Quest. So uh, good. Also by Dark Horse. So. Yeah, writer for games, writer for short films that go with the games, writer for books that go with the games, and uh, and some Star Wars in there when we have a, a break. <laughs> I like that. I like that. When you have a break, you work on the prob- possibly most iconic franchise in all of sci-fi and geek culture. That's when you have a break. That's what it you was do. Really, it's, it was really uh, – I launched Apex Legends the same year I, lo- I was writing Jedi Fallen Order with the writing team. It wasn't just me. Yeah, so it was just like one crazy year. And I remember being like, man, 2020's got a lot to live up to with 2019. And, <laughs> and, and then <laughs> I ate my words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we've all been there with 2020. <laughs> if, we could, if I could punch a year in the face, that would be the year. You've worked on amazingly iconic properties. You know, the question, Ray and I were actually talking about this before the show, mostly Ray. Where, but actually, this is a great question. Where did the genesis uh, for the idea of Titanfall come from? So Titanfall... I mean, I joined Respawn around the time where we launched Titanfall, and I was brought on for Titanfall, but the genesis came from that original team, which was came from the original uh, Infinity Ward team who made all the Call of Duties, and they, oh, wow. they left and they created Respawn Entertainment, and their first game was Titanfall. The story came from all of those OGs from, uh, from that group, and one of them... Uh, was a mentor of mine is Steve Fakuda. He was our game director for Titanfall and Titanfall 2. He came up with, uh, and not just him, but him and all the collaborators of that game came up with this idea of a futuristic mech giant robots fighting game. But one thing that had always kept us, that kept that grounded is the idea of that it's not super fantasy. It's not not Star Wars. It is this grounded sci-fi universe where everything in the world is related to something that could exist in reality today just a little bit exaggerated that tone has carried on 
since as we moved on to Titanfall 2. And then eventually, Apex Legends lives in the universe of Titanfall. So Titanfall 2 evolved into Apex Legends. It's a bit more of an Avengers cartoony feel, I would say. Whereas Titanfall and Titanfall 2 came from that sort of District 9 ground, like that type of feel. But it still is in that that the rules, which are whatever abilities a legend has and whatever weapons that have that exist or whatever sort of, you know, unique attributes to these characters, it all lives in a grounded universe where things are real. The one thing we always try to avoid is like nanobots because nanobots can be anything. And then you get your, <laughs> yourself into like space magic and then everything's space magic and then nothing's real and life is meaningful. <laughs> uh, we, we've used a few characters with nanobots and we both shake our heads at the after the match going like really that's that's your magic right that we Pretty could much. there's nothing you can you do you can never beat nanobots <laughs> they could be anything i know we've got manny here you couldn't have a better person represent video game geek culture sci-fi and what have you with his insights we have ray representing you know one of my favorite i hate i almost hate this matchup because i love snake eyes so much who does and then we have ninjack who's just this incredible character who a lot of people know, but I'm hoping a lot more will after this event. Ray, are you ready for today's matchup? I feel pretty good. Fantastic. Then do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the ninja who doesn't feel very large since his volume is always so low, Snake Eyes. And representing Valiant Comics, the ninja who's almost completely unknown because you don't know Ninjack. Ninjack. Thinkers. These are all thinkers. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, this one I'm really interested in, Ray. The debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Now, for the fans of the who would win show, if you recall, the very first time you rep Snake Eyes, it was Snake Eyes from the iconic 80s G.I. Joe cartoon series. Correct. What version of Snake Eyes are you using today? You know, when we go to reuse characters on the Who Would Win show, and I really thought about this a lot after you used Lobo uh, for the second time he was repped on the show, using the comic book version both times. Not nearly as fun. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to switch it up and use the Marvel comic books, (laughs) G.I. Joe, or Real American Hero version of Snake Eyes to show you a different spin on the same character that we've already done previously. Fantastic. Okay. That's a lot of ground to cover for Snake Eyes, actually. That's actually a really good choice on your part. Oh, well done. is it? Well, that's crazy. I just thought I was being different. <laughs> you know? Little genetic what? Oh. Okay. There was the Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe short or, or film uh, done a- by Bat in the Sun Productions uh, several years ago. And that was great. But I actually don't think that's a canon to the comic book. So with that being said, I'm actually going to stay with the uh, comic book in the current iteration. Ninjak has been rebooted a couple of times, but I'm going with the current version that's been around since, I believe, 2012. Do yourself a favor, by the way. Go to Valiant Entertainment. Valiant, uh, check them out online or on Facebook, what have you. And get to know these characters, especially Ninjak, Exo Manowar, Fate, Bloodshot, Livewire. Just get to know the Valiant Universe. I don't often say, listen, I recommend this. I'm recommending Valiant Universe. It's kind of what I'm saying. Rule number four, Ray. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, 
will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules for established logic. Manny, that just means you have the power, the complete power to do whatever you want in today's episode. Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Hey, look, you're a busy guy, so stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and really built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, or wherever your summer takes you. I like to dress comfortably, and a lot of the high-end clothing I've got looks really good, but, you know, just isn't that comfortable to wear. Luckily, Mack Weldon solved that problem. I recently got a pair of radius pants and radius shorts because they're both fantastic, and I gotta tell you, they don't just look great, they feel great too. For the ultimate lazy Sunday, I love my favorite, the Ace Sweatshorts. They have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, ultra-upgraded Pima Tees. Buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash WhoWouldWin and enter promo code WhoWouldWin. That's MacWeldon.com slash WhoWouldWin, promo code WhoWouldWin for 20% off. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes is an original member of G.I. Joe. He was created by Larry Hama and the people at Hasbro and first appeared in Marvel Comics' G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero Number 1 back in 1982. Snake Eyes was originally the team commando and hand-to-hand instructor. 
Snake Eyes was an up-and-coming Army commando, having served in the Vietnam War before leaving the military to train with fellow soldier Storm Shadow and his Arashikagi ninja clan. Following this training, he joined G.I. Joe, where during one of his first missions, he was severely injured in a helicopter crash, destroying his face and vocal cords, leaving him disfigured and unable to speak. Now recovered, Snake Eyes operates as the silent ninja of the Joe team, wielding his iconic katana and Uzi combo on the battlefield or in covert operations. Fun fact, Snake Eyes' long-running history with Storm Shadow is pretty well-known and an essential ingredient to the character. But he has possibly an even deeper connection to another member of Cobra that many people aren't aware of. In the comics, when Snake Eyes returned home from serving in the Vietnam War, he expected to be greeted by his parents, but instead found future G.I. Joe leader Hawk waiting for him. It turned out that his parents had been killed by a drunk driver who turned out to be Cobra Commander's brother. This sent his life spinning in a whole new direction. And the bottom line is, everybody at home, do not drink and drive. Save some lives. That is Snake Eyes. Wow. I do have a question. How did he teach hand-to-hand if if he can't talk? Physical. Physicality. And I assume a chalkboard. And I assume a chalkboard. And a chalkboard. I got it. I like the chalkboard part because if, if someone didn't do the move correctly, how does he like correct them? Does he like punch them harder? I and assume say, he punches them. Yeah. yeah tough, okay. Great. Tough work. Yeah. Listen, you know, good for him. He overcame. This is good. All right. Now, here are the details for Ninjak. Ninjak first appeared in Bloodshot number seven back in August of 1993 and was created by Mark Moretti and Joe Quesada. Ninjak, whose real name is Colin King, is the son of two British intelligence operatives who rarely spent time with them. As a result, Colin King joins MI6, England's secret intelligence service. Infiltrating the Undead Monks organization, King becomes one of his many students and after intense training, becomes a master ninja himself. Returning to MI6, King joins the agency's secret ninja operative program. Originally founded during the early 20th century, the MI6 ninja program has included many operatives and assassins over the years. For example, Ninja A, the first one, served during World War I. Ninja E operated during the Cold War and helped prevent nuclear war itself. King is designated Ninja K, though some simply call him Ninjak. Although he serves MI6 and believes in protecting the world, Ninjak makes it clear on many occasions that he follows his own code of ethics and will not compromise them. And here's an interesting fact about Ninjak. Did you know that at one time his origin was based on him actually being a video game character? It's Mm -hmm. true. Now remember, the Valiant Comics universe has been rebooted a couple of times, so we're going all the way back into the 90s. This is when video game giant Acclaim bought Valiant Comics, I think it was 1994, they rebooted all the characters, including Ninjak. In one of the more bizarre aspects of his rebooted world, Ninjak was actually a video game within the story. And when a kid named Denny Meacham unlocks a secret code within the game, he becomes Ninjak himself. Oh, he then battles the... Yeah, I'm not really feeling this one. He then battles the game's bosses in the series 12 issues, slightly different than the current version of Ninjak of James Bond meets Batman. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Manny, do you have any questions before we get started? He was a video game character, so he wasn't real in the lore, in the lore. He was a video game character, and then some kid became him. Yeah, brought him to life ah. somehow, and like a Shazam kind of thing. But and like then gained took, all those memories, or gained all the the rules with the, this. Uh, he gained all the the powers, and then he okay. took on the twelve bosses. Now remember, this is not the Ninjak <laughs> that of, of today. That's probably this is a best. completely th- yeah. Thank thankfully, this got rebooted properly again. 
And if they ever do come up with another Ninja game, I'm hoping there's Manny there on the team to uh, write it properly. I'll I mean, I kind of love it. I just have questions, but I think it could <laughs> you know, like be good. It seems like they watched Captain N, the Game Master, that yeah. <laughs> yeah. came out just said, let's just make him that, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, Acclaim I mean, also did a Iron Man and Exo Manowar game where both did. characters That's could right. play together. So Acclaim was like trying to say, hey, let's take these comic book characters, see how we can reboot them or, or kind of pigeonhole them into gaming, possibly. Remember, this is the mid 90s. Marvel was all kind of in that weird on the way down thing before Blade came back. It was just a really weird time in a comic book history is all I'm trying to say. It just, yeah, yeah, no, that's that all makes sense. I'm on board. Uh, <laughs> Snake Eyes also was was Snake Eyes a toy before. Is there something like that where he was a toy before he was a character or something? Yeah, absolutely. They created the toy line and then gave it to Larry Hama to create this comic book around the toys. And then that turned out to be pretty successful. So they decided to launch into the animated uh, miniseries, followed by the TV full series, and then just expanded on today. And hey, we're getting a new G.I. Joe in 2022 from what all the reports are saying. So new rebooted cartoon. And of course, the Snake Eyes movie just hit theaters over yeah. the weekend. What a world what a world world all the time and coming together okay so let's get this party started ray go ahead and hit us with your point number one point number one for snake eyes let's talk a little bit about the training and the weapons that he uses because first off he has full military training he went into the army and got to believe as high as a first sergeant anything after that has been redacted and so you're not allowed to see it now he's one of the most interesting characters in gi joe because oftentimes you know their real names you know which city you know they were born in where they came from what they're doing but with snake eyes for whatever reason every aspect of his background has been totally redacted so we only know so much about his past before joining the uh, Joe team and everything. But we do know that after receiving full military training, getting through the Vietnam War and doing very well there and getting extra military training there, he went on to train with the ninjas of the Arashikage clan, which is Storm Shadow's clan. Now, Storm Shadow is really supposed to be the number one uh, apprentice, the number one pupil of the clan that the hard master who's the name of the sensei of that clan but snake eyes actually became the number one student he surpassed storm shadow leading to a certain rivalry and animosity between the two but that just shows you as good as we know storm shadow is snake eyes is that much better and it shows in the battles where often he gets the better of storm shadow and storm shadow beats everybody in this universe so it's a pretty good it's a pretty good way to be now as far as weapons going he of course carries his katana into battle it's a very very sharp sword and a very, very dangerous sword. In fact, he saw in the comic books to throw the sword 25 feet away with perfect accuracy, hitting a ninja in the head from a distance. So not just you have to worry about hand-to-hand, but if you take your eye off him for a second, that sword comes flying because they teach you to do that. I've seen Storm Shadow do that move too. So this is just what you're taught to do in Arashikage, and it works. He murders people. Not so much in the cartoons, but oops, he does here. He also likes to use his Uzi. Does this sound familiar, Deadpool fans? A katana and an Uzi? Well, that's because Snake Eyes invented this, okay? He uses an Uzi, and it has his own version of gun foo through the ninja training that he has, but he also likes to use grenades. He uses them as a distraction. He could use them, much like we do in video games, to get people away from you know camping out behind a rock or something. He can get them out in the open, so he could blow them away with his Uzi or rush them with his katana. He's also known for having high levels of leaping ability, as well as high levels of agility. People shooting at him all day rarely get the shots into him, rarely get the hits. Why? Because he's moving so fast. 
faster than the eye could see. So he's working like a blur on the battlefield because he's just so quick. His willpower is also very, very strong. You'd think so. He's taken a lot of damage through battles and through just grueling entire you know fights that he's done over the course of many different characters in a row sometimes. And he always has the willpower to keep going. Like he, He'll just keep going even when his body is begging him to stop. One example in the comics of this is he was chopping wood outside. Well, that's not a big deal. Well, he was chopping wood outside shirtless. Once again, we saw Captain America do this. This isn't that big of a deal. Oh, but this was in a blizzard. He was in the snow. He was in a driving blizzard, and the other character comes up to ask him a question, and he's outside chopping wood with no shirt on. This dude is tough. He's got knowledge of all the weapons. He's got knowledge of how to operate all the vehicles because that's standard in G.I. Joe. You have to learn how to use every weapon. You have to learn how to use every vehicle. So he's not limited in any way. Heck, his ninja master, a hard master, once claimed Snake Eyes as the greatest mastery of form and magnitude of chi that he's ever seen. Potent individual. And the last feat I want to talk about, he once snuck into Cobra Commander's bedroom. It just shows how sneaky he can be. He's a ninja after all. But if you could sneak all the way into the military leader's bedroom just because you want to in the middle of a base, you got some stealth. So if stealth comes into it, I got to believe Snake Eyes has the advantage. With all the training, with all the weapons, Snake Eyes got this. And that's my point number one. Okay, interesting. Again, Snake Eyes, super impressive. There's there's no iteration of Snake Eyes. I, I'm just going to go out there. There's no iteration of Snake Eyes in animation, live action, comic books that is not insanely amazing. True. I'm just putting that out there, right? Just well done creating an amazing character. A couple of questions for you, Ray. You said he was chopping wood outside shirtless in the snow. Correct. In a blizzard. Got it. So he was doing what we call regular Canadian chopping of wood. Not a very impressive feat. Okay, well, willpower is so strong. That he can, okay, got it. He's got willpower. He can take damage and keep on going. Love that. So when it comes to his Uzi, how much ammo does he have on him at one any one time? It's hard to say. I mean, I rarely see him run out of ammo. He does. He is strapped with extra grenades and extra ammo packs, like on his belt and his very accoutrement. So for the purposes of this battle, I'd like to believe he's going to have enough ammo for the Uzi to keep going because he's not going to pull the trigger unless there's a purpose behind it. I like it. So in, in terms of, and I'm not making fun of you for this. It's a little bit legitimate thing. In terms of how much ammo and how many grenades he has, the answer is he has enough. Enough, always. You know, he's got great trigger <laughs> discipline, as they would say. Got it. One more question. What is his katana made of? I've always just known it to be a very sharp sword. It doesn't have, if you're asking, mystical properties or anything like that. Got it. It's a very strong, durable katana made with modern technology. That's that's a fair statement. Okay, great. Okay. All good stuff. We're off to a good point. Number one, let's kind of pivot a little bit and talk about Ninjak and, and what you have with him just in terms of his pure ability. So, again, I mentioned before, Ninjak is what happens when you combine Batman and James Bond. According to the Valiant Comics, he's described as having skills way beyond even the most, and I'm reading this, elite Olympic athlete or special ops soldier. He's someone who can take a beating that would kill anyone else, but he would just keep on fighting because that's what he does. So just like Snake Eyes, Ninjak is an insanely impressive character. Let's break him down a little bit. He is listed as officially the best fighter in the Valiant comic book universe. For those who don't know, Valiant Comics has over 2,000 characters that they keep within the same continuity at all times. That is a very big universe filled with amazing fighters. Again, check out Valiant Comics, but he's listed at the top. He was trained both in mind and body to become the ultimate ninja on top of that. You know, just like Snake Eyes, the Valiant Wiki states that Ninja is expertly trained in the use of every weapon and fighting discipline on Earth. That's kind of crazy. So as a result, 
It's listed that his senses and his perception are highly elevated. You know how everyone these days of note can kind of dodge bullets? So instead of seeing bullets, Ninjak actually just can sense them and feel where they are when they're fired. So if all he doesn't actually have to see a bullet or see someone pointing a gun at him or even hear it. He somehow can sense where the gun is. It gets shot and whether it's behind whatever, and he can dodge them. So not only is he fast enough to dodge bullets, he doesn't even actually have to see them coming at him. Not sure how this works, but it's something he's done over and over again. He's so fast at one time when he was caught in an explosion. Remember, this is someone who's so tactical. He'll come up with 10, 20 different ways to handle something and pick the best way to do it. So he's caught in an explosion. Literally, he's caught in a big explosion. What does he decide is the best way to, to deal with it? He turns around and outruns it. He just outruns it. That he's like, I'm just going to run faster than the explosion. That's how fast this guy is. Again, fast and agile enough to dodge attacks from opponents who can hit him at super speed. Again, in the Valiant Universe, everyone's got superpowers, just like Marvel and DC. He's so fast that he dodged laser fire from the ultimate powerhouse from Valiant Comics, a character named Exo Manowar, who's what you get when you put Conan the Barbarian with Iron Man and Superman. Ninjak spotted him a number of times and actually dodged his uh, laser fire coming from this insanely advanced alien armor. Let's see, another time... Someone had a gun pointed at Ninjak. This is really cool. Five it was estimated to be five feet away. Ninjak's just standing there. The guy shoots Ninjak or shoots the bullet at Ninjak. Ninjak doesn't move. And the guy's like, wait. He's like, hold on, hold on. Did I hit you? And Ninjak's like, no, I dodged it. And the guy's like, you didn't move. And Ninjak's like, no, no, I dodged it. He moves so fast that sometimes people can't even understand how he moved out of the way. That's more of a ninja thing than I think speed, but still of note. So how strong is he? He's able to pick up huge boulders. He can punch through a large stone column. He was fighting Ninja H who had cybernetics and arm that was very similar to the Winter Soldier's metal arm, and he was able to punch through that cybernetic metallic arm. Very, very powerful individual. He's super durable without his armor. Ninjak has tanked explosions, which have actually killed or knocked out superhuman beings. He's taken huge falls. He gets up after he's been thrown through thick walls by other superhuman beings. This is someone who's also very tough. In terms of what he can do that's a little bit different, this is what separates him. He can absorb poisons that he ingests, that get into his system because he breathed them or they got injected, whatever it was, he actually absorbs and processes the poisons so they don't affect him. He's a master of nerve strikes. He's master controlling his nerve and his nerve endings in such a way that they, it can decrease the pain he feels to a great degree, but also he uses his nerve endings to somehow heal himself very quickly. This is kind of some weird stuff that he does from the Valiant Universe. He's also got a genius level of IQ. He knows how to read people super well. And again, Valiant Comics lists Ninjak as the world's most lethal intelligence officer. He's so in tune with his body, this is ridiculous, that at one point when he was temporarily given cancer, he dealt with it by somehow commanding the, the other cells to strangle the individual cancer cells themselves. So wow. he commanded right, his healthy cells to strangle the cancer cells to arrest the cancer from going on. Then, of course, he got rid of it. But this is my favorite, okay? And this we're talking about ninjas here, right? So what he does is he decreases what he calls his sensory footprint. To explain this, it's like if you and I walk anywhere, if someone can hear us walking, they can see us, maybe smell us, feel the vibrations we move to by, Ninjak is familiar with all of this. So what he does is he decreases all of this out sensory output that he gives off to help him be pretty much invisible. That's before any of the tech kicks in to also make him purely invisible. Add all of that together, you've got Storm Shadow plus a whole lot more. That's my point number one. 
I think you're overstating Exo Man of War quite a bit. I ha- you had me with Conan meets Iron Man because that's essentially who he is. He's an old style Conan barbarian put into super futuristic armor. And then you tried to tack Superman onto there. Come on, James Gassy. Not every character in the world is Superman. And Exo Man of War is definitely not. Still give props to Ninjak for hanging with them. Although Exo Man of War does tend to defeat Ninjak when they meet face to face. I think that's a fair statement. Now, a couple of things. You talk about the poison resistance. Weird enough I was going to bring it up later but why Snake Eyes also has poison resistance uh, he's just he has the ability to just kind of filter that stuff out of his body somehow where everybody around him is going down to the toxic poison cloud but he's able to keep going as if nothing's ha- happening and you talk about the toughness and his ability to shrug off damage couple of things the uh, helicopter crash I mentioned before where he had his face and his vocal cords hurt he, he finished the mission <laughs> This thing devastated him horribly, and he turned to his boss and as best he could told him, without words, I'm going to finish this mission. And he's like, all right, you know, we're not going to stop you from doing it. Whereas the healing factor, uh, I want to say the healing factor in Ninjak is incredible, but it is timely and time-consuming. There was a point where he had his back completely shattered, and yes, he was able to use his force of will and his knowledge of his own body in order to heal the broken back, but it did take a lot longer than one day, you know? So if he gets hurt really, really bad, it's not like he's just going to will his body back to shape and keep going. So so you are correct. The the healing factor, it's like enhanced, but it's not like a Deadpool or Wolverine or even Spider-Man level. It's if something, if he gets a big cut, if something is broken or what have you, he can heal himself to a point where he can deal with that injury or if it's superficial, he can deal, he'd probably heal himself faster to keep accomplishing that mission in the same style that the willpower of snake eyes allows him to do it with all that being said man you've heard points one from both ray and myself where's your head at with this battle so far a very good job both of you those are really great points i'll say there's a few things that stood out to me the blizzard story for snake eyes is, is great but my biggest concern is why is he just super arrogant and showing off and i feel like that's a crutch and I feel like for th- I feel like for this round, with Ninjax being that high IQ and in intelligence, I believe that Ninjax would be able to use that arrogance to his advantage and at least take out Snake Eyes for this round. So I'm going with Ninjax. Okay, interesting, okay. interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah. so the arrogance yeah. really gets me. He just breaks <laughs> he breaks into the home just to prove that he can, you know. And he's like, mm-hmm. no one knows it, but he just kind of looks and doesn't do anything. It's like. I think he's trying to prove to himself something, and I'm interested to see where that goes. That's interesting. So arrogance is something you're not crazy about. Is that correct? I feel like it's a disadvantage. I feel like it's a crutch. I feel like, but it, I do think it may potentially in the long run, it could be a benefit. That just depends on where this goes. But right I mean, now, Manny, I see it. to be fair, perhaps his shirt got wet and it was hanging to be dried, but he still needed to get that wood chopped. So we're well, not going to go outside in a wet shirt in a blizzard. That'd be crazy. But he could, and it wouldn't bother him. Correct. Maybe true. Maybe true. (laughs) But you're not drawing your shirt that way. That's my whole point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't see him as a person who gets his shirt wet. (laughs) Okay, fair. Right. If you're a ninja, why did the water spill from your glass on your shirt? Have you been able to move away from that? Does he not know how to drink water properly? Does he have a drinking problem? I mean, what I would say is, did the shirt get wet, or did the wet get snake-eyed? Well done. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's going in the old ear. I don't know. I'm just going to hold that on my ear for a little bit. <laughs> poetry from Ray's to Canis. Yeah, um, known for. Yeah, Ray, please give us some more poetry with your point number two. Point number two for 
Snake Eyes. We're going to be talking about his skill because he's not just has the great weaponry and the great training. Let's see how he puts that into action because one thing that he does is one of the classic ninja moves, but Marvel comic books version of Snake Eyes does this all the time, deflecting bullets with your sword. Anybody who can deflect bullets with your sword is showing you that they're a high potency master, that they are a high caliber ninja. Look, if you're a ninja and you claim to be and you can't deflect bullets with your sword, I frankly don't believe in you. I frankly don't don't trust you. Now, one move that he had is, remember when I said before how he threw the katana with perfect accuracy at 25 feet away? Well, in the very famous silent issue of G.I. Joe, I believe that's issue 21, Storm Shadow did that move to him. And Scarlet had actually dropped in front of him right before the sword was thrown on one of these like Cobra uh, jetpack, just giant jetpack glider things, uh, whose name I'm completely blanking on right now. Bad job me. But Snake Eyes reached around Scarlet caught the blade as it was being thrown between his two hands and then flung it up over his shoulders. He knew the move, he knew how to counter it, and he had the dexterity and the strength to just catch the blade and just keep its motion going in another direction. And that's the kind of stuff he's going to be able to do to Ninjak. At some point, Ninjak is going to try to strike. Snake Eyes is a master of hand-to-hand. He's the instructor of G.I. Joe, and that is saying something. That is one of the greatest hand-to-hand caliber teams ever produced in fiction, I think. And he's able, and he's the master. He's the one who teaches him. So when Ninjak goes to do offensive moves, Snake Eyes is going to have the defense, whether it's deflecting bullets with the sword or flinging or using his own momentum against him. He's going to have the advantage there. In fact, though, Snake Eyes has enhanced senses. You talked about Ninjak and his ability to feel things. Well, he's got enhanced senses. So he can hear at a higher level. He can see at a higher level. He can speak, not at all. But that doesn't matter. His other senses are (laughs) heightened, Daredevil style almost, when he lost his sense of speech. Perhaps. I'm just putting it out there. Hasn't been proven, but I believe. (laughs) Now, in combat, I said before, he can move faster than the eye can see. Often, in the comics, he moves so fast that people pull guns on him. Sometimes a gun is pointed right at his head or to his back, and he's able to move in such a blur that he's able to disarm the opponent before they even have the opportunity to pull the trigger. So this is the high level of speed that Snake Eyes is bringing to the table. Heck, he's so fast. One time, he chased down a guy who was riding a motorcycle. Snake Eyes was on foot. Snake Eyes caught the guy in the motorcycle and was able to to get him, even though he was running. He's real, real fast. He can catch arrows that are coming through the air and throw them. We've seen a lot of people do that. Heck, one time he jumped out of an airplane with no parachute. He was just like, I'll just figure it out as I go. Or he had some sort of an internal plan. Everybody around him was wondering, what are you doing? But he was fine. He was He's found a way and he survived. That's the big deal. So you have a character who's got enhanced daredevil-like senses, moves with a speed nobody can see. You say Ninjak is not super powered. You say he doesn't have those kind of powers. I kind of think Snake Eyes kind of does in this world. And that's my point number two. Quick question. So you think you ha- he has some kind of slight superhuman powers in the G.I. Joe Marvel world, whatever that contained universe is. You know how like the G.I. Joe characters used to have their, their cards? with their yeah. breakdowns behind them. Absolutely. Th- those cards, did it ever list Snake Eyes as superhuman? It did not, but that was mainly talking about his personality. Really? So his, you're saying his personality is so not stellar because of, you know, maybe he can't talk, whatever, that it's not super... You are a monster, Everybody loves Snake Eyes. What are you talking about? That's right. He had that's like right. four Except girlfriends for and the dude is ugly. He Snake Eyes can't, can't talk, talk therefore he's not capable of being superhuman. Yes, you can be, Race Sicanus. Moving on. I don't even know uh, what you're getting at here. In terms of enhanced senses, it's actually interesting. I do think 
that both of these people, their baseline have enhanced senses. I'll get on to this, my point number two. Ninjak has, you reminded me, thank you for that, a sensor that I can actually read the biometrics of someone, you know, lung capacity, injuries, brain activity. That'll come into play later. Last point, I do love the fact that Snake Eyes deflect bullets. Ninjak not only deflects bullets, he cuts them in midair because that's what he does. A bullet gets fired at him, slice and dice time, he cuts it right in half with his amazing swords. All right, with all that being said, let me get to my point number two. You knew I was going to do this, Ray, so let's talk about his tech, his gadgets, and his weapons. So, you know, again, I need to point out that Ninjak is Valiant Comics' top weapons expert, as in the top. Make any weapon or thing he can use as a weapon, make it accessible to him, and he's going to use it and use it at a master's level. That's how they write this character. And he's already armed with some tech and gadgets that, by the way, would make Batman jealous. I'm not saying Batman doesn't have a lot of great stuff, but the kind of cool ingenuity that Ninjak brings to his gadgetry is a little bit different. So let's talk about Ninjak's armor, because he wears an armored suit. It's bulletproof, fireproof, puncture resistant. It's made of what's called a hex weave with a titanium impact resistant cage. What that means is it's designed to take massive explosions and shots from super powered or superhuman beings. Again, we're talking about stuff where he's tank shots from massive explosions, energy attacks that destroy buildings, and he gets up, he's fine. Full-on attacks by Exo Manowar. We've talked about it before. Of course, they get through this armor because he's the Superman, Iron Man, Conan of that Valiant universe, but he can t- stay in the fight for a really, really long time. When it comes to lasers, you know, Ninja can recognize lasers. If they're not even at least super powerful, he's like, I'm just going to ignore them and walk through them because they'll just not do nothing to my armor. And by the way, his armor also has a flight mode. So, you know, aerial superiority is just kind of a thing. He's got double katanas that are made of what's called a tri-silk super metal alloy. They are super humanly durable, super sharp. One time he just held, just to test the sharpness, he held one just upside down with a blade pointed up and a small little leaf slowly drops down onto it and touches it and then falls in two pieces. It is super, super sharp. And here's a fun thing. They can vibrate at super high speed. Why is that important? Because that pierces any type of armor. It pierced Exo Manowar's armor. Sorry, it sounded like a broken record, but you got to use Exo Manowar to go and establish his power. Here's a fun thing. Speaking of nanobots, sorry, Manny, <laughs> Ninjak Swords can inject nanobots into Uh-oh. people and tech. So they're lined with nanobots. They first used them when he was hacking this big, huge armored opponent. He penetrated the armor, and the nanobots went in and shut down the armor. Now, the nanobots, as far as my understanding goes, can also affect someone, you know, a person. We've seen that with Bloodshot, who's filled with nanobots. That's his whole shtick. His sword has nanobots. I'm sorry to say it. By the way, if someone gets a sword away from Ninjak, it has happened. What happens is Ninjak's built in this anti-sword device where a huge electric shock comes out of the sword and shocks that person to unconsciousness, right? It's either Ninjak uses the sword or no one. He's got smart boots that can grip onto stuff at a molecular level. In other words, he can climb up stuff using his boots a little bit like Spider-Man, at least a short distance, but climb up walls, hang off of walls, that kind of stuff. Uh, blades come out of the boots, and his boots also are, or the blades are also laced with different types of poisons uh, and biochemical agents. And also, they've got power boosters, so he can actually kick at a superhuman level. It's kind of weird. His headgear can also emit high-powered lights and blind opponents. This guy is armed to the teeth. Now, let's talk about his belt. The belt is where he's got all of his shurikens or throwing discs, and he's got types that can shock someone, stun them, kill them, tranquilize, poison them when they're hit. They've also got smoke grenades, throwing discs that act as explosives, and high-powered flashbang projectiles. There's so much more. He can shoot chemical gases out of the palms of his hands that can either act as pepper spray or sleeping gas. So if he gets in close, boom. Now, of course, Snake Eyes has that mask, so who knows? His Darn gauntlets. Shame. What's that? Darn shame, he's got a face Isn't it? protector. It's crazy. His gauntlets have battery-powered joint strengtheners, so he can punch higher, harder, and faster. He's also got high-speed wrist-activated poison dispersal. In other words, he shoots poison starts, 
that can puncture armor through his gauntlets. He's got mini photo reflectors. These things help to adapt and reflect light so he can almost go invisible in any environment. He's got explosive foam he can shoot out that detonates when someone moves or is touched. He's got a foam that immobilizes people. And here's something that's really cool. His armor can actually project in an, like a area of attack kind of thing, an electrical charge, super powerful electrical charge, at least 15 feet around him. So in case he's like, you know, tied up or something like that, he just needs to incapacitate someone, even superhuman level, he can use that area of attack electrical shock, take them all out. And of course, just like Batman, Ninjak has mastery over all of these things and can use them in any combination. Again, Snake Eyes is great, but he doesn't have nearly the weapons, tech, and gadgetry that Ninjak will have in this fight. That's going to be a huge factor. That's my point number two. Again, great stuff. This is the one place where I think Ninjak has the advantage over Snake Eyes, because I do think Snake Eyes is the better fighter. Now, Ninjak, it's not that Ninjak is bad. Ninjak is not bad. Ninjak is the greatest fighter in the Valiant Universe. I just personally believe Snake Eyes is so much more. And yes, the tech is from like a higher, it's from a later time period, quite honestly. Snake Eyes did a lot of his gear back in the 80s and 90s, whereas Ninjak is sort of projected forward a little bit and has some of that high-tech MI6 stuff. Now, Snake Eyes does have access to an entire military you know, arsenal, so there's no telling what Snake Eyes can come through, and Snake Eyes is also very, very good with the vehicles. I said it before, but if we're putting this on a neutral location, I don't see why it's not possible that there's going to be some sort of tech vehicles if they're fighting on an army base, for example, and I believe that Snake Eyes will absolutely have an advantage if it comes into that kind of a thing where we're going to not just fight hand-to-hand, but we're going to take it to a more macro level. I absolutely believe Snake Eyes could find a helicopter, find something else that maybe Ninjak doesn't have any answers for so ninjack has taken on huge mechs that fly advanced technology alien armor alien vehicles you name it he's done it you're thinking a helicopter will throw him a gi joe helicopter absolutely and how many of those mechs and what have you that ninjack fought were piloted by snake eyes the answer i'll tell you james gafsey zero got it i i feel you're reaching that's all good listen manny we're at what's called the turning point this is where you tell us who's ahead in this battle and what the other side has to do to pull out a win. Okay, okay. Well, I'll say in that past last round, there was a lot of great stuff again, but there is one thing that stood out to me. In regards to Nijax, you know, the gadgets is ridiculous. <laughs> and Bat- like, you're calling out Batman. I mean, Batman would look over and be like, how big is your belt, bro? Like, <laughs> you know, like, he's got uh, enough gadgets for every situation, which is great, And like Ray pointed out, it's the prior knowledge that really comes to benefit him of knowing what he's going in for and being planned and ready for what's to come. I think that is a bit of a downfall at the moment against Snake Eyes because the thing that Snake Eyes has that is with him at all times is his senses. And especially being someone who cannot speak, he relies even more on listening and hearing. And it's even a bit of a, I would say, potentially a benefit to not have him accidentally grunt or something like that because he's so quick and he turns into a ghost when he runs and is super fast that I don't think that Ninjax would have the opportunity to pull out his gadget in time for whatever sort of situation that might happen and therefore that's why I'm leading more towards Snake Eyes at this point. If in a way I would say it's a bit more level. Interesting. So even with the tech, even with the invisibility tech and the fact that he's a ninja okay i get where you're I going with that, this That's i think that oh, the i think he's over prepared i think he brought too many weapons and too many gadgets to a fight and i think it's going to take him too long to reload <laughs> that's my feeling okay interesting now just to let you know ninjak's not someone like it's what's cool about ninjak 
in this is actually cool. All of that stuff is kind of coolly placed out, launch, and so it's not like reach throw. A lot of it is launched, pressed, you know. But I like where you're going with this. And again, you can never ever sleep on snake eyes at all. All right, Ray. I like this. I like where this battle is going. Go ahead and hit us with your knockout blow for point number three. Point number three, let's talk about the big things that Snake Eyes has done. You talked about, oh, Ninjak can go invisible. That's cool. Snake Eyes is a master of blind fighting. He actually cannot use his eyes at all and just by feel defeat high-level ninjas in battle. So you want to go invisible? That's fine. Snake Eyes has got you either way. Heck, there he, he has defeated some very powerful and very good fighters in the G.I. Joe universe and beyond. Let's just start with the fact that he's beaten Firefly. Firefly is the Cobra Saboteur. He's more known for using uh, explosives, and, and he's more known for blowing things up. But he is no slouch in the combat department, and Snake Eyes took him out. Let's talk about all the times that he beat Storm Shadow. Like I said before, Storm Shadow is a character who kicks everybody's butt. Kicks all the butts in the G.I. Joe universe, but he can't seem to get over on Snake Eyes. Not that it's never happened, but Snake Eyes tends to win the encounters when the two of them meet. One of my favorites was, I believe, issue 150. Again, in that zone towards the end of the G.I. Joe Real American Hero run, you got Armored Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander found power armor, and he used something called the Cyber Matrix, which was able to sort of like break down uh, mentally and really hurt your enemies. He was able to defeat Storm Shadow in battle, Cobra Commander was, by weakening him him with this power and then using his power armor to defeat him well he tried using the same trick on snake eyes but snake eyes handed his butt to him unfortunately for cobra commander heck he defeated slice and dice who are two metahuman ninjas two versus one in battle and snake eyes has defeated them now exo man of war very very potent very very powerful but i don't want you to think that snake eyes hasn't had similar feats against powerful characters in his own universe as well heck he's defeated cyborg ninjas he's defeated the battle android troopers heck often many at a time heck one time he fought 10 ninjas at the same time and dropped every single one of them in a crossover event he fought starscream he fought the giant Transformer Starscream and was able to take his katana and slice his eye. He was able to hurt a Transformer in one-on-one -on -one combat. This is a character who should not be taken lightly under any circumstances. If you could hurt, uh, if you could hurt a Transformer, you could definitely hurt a human with no powers, regardless of how many awesome gadgets he has, etc., etc. Now, the big side uh, crossover that I do want to bring up right here because it just came out. There is a Batman Fortnite zero-point comic book out right now with our friends over at the Fortnite video game. And Snake Eyes fought a character you may have heard of, James, since you compare every character in the world to him, Batman. He fought actual Batman because there was a system that the gods in place had that they wanted to bring these two characters to fight to see who was the better one. And they had this fighting and then they would fight and then they would go back in time and they would do it again. And they'd go back in time and see the fight again. And this fight carried on and on and on with a draw. Batman and Snake Eyes fought to a draw every single time they fought. Neither one could get over on the other one. Now, Snake Eyes, through the fighting and what have you, understood that where Batman was coming from and Batman vice versa to Snake Eyes. So they made a decision after fighting a certain number of times that like maybe we're not needing to be fighting each other. And at the end of the day, Snake Eyes made the very self-sacrificing choice to walk away into the sunset so Batman could escape the time loop and move on to his and Snake Eyes left himself behind because of his very strong nobility. 
But let's face it, if you're able to go toe-to-toe with Batman on a literal daily basis and never lose, I think you're in pretty good shape. And that's my point number three. So I'm about to make a crazy statement. You know where I'm going with this, Ray. And you know how much of a Batman fanatic I am. Listen, we had an episode where Batman fought Yoda. I had to bring out everything and show why Batman would get the win. Luckily, I did. Batman against other opponents. I Listen, I can tell you how Batman's going to win. But, but, in a one-on-one fight, in a who-would-win situation, and I'm a Batman fanatic, nut through and through, Ray Sicanus, you know this. I'm not saying this lightly. My money's on Ninjak. One-on-one, yeah, one-on-one with no prep time, it's Ninjak. Unfortunately, that's the way, listen, in a second matchup, it's still going to be tricky. But in a one-on-one first-time encounter with no prior knowledge, it's Ninjak. And I'm going to tell you why. So here's the thing. Against Starscream, cutting him in the eye, that's great. And then Snake Eyes, I think, took off because he knew, like, that's the best I'm going to go. I'm going to get out of here. The ultimate thing is, I'm not even sure that is an official thing within the G.I.G.O. universe within Marvel. It could be, but that is a crossover. And as you like to bring up, big crossovers carry much less weight within a who would win battle. So not that that isn't cool. Not that the crossover with Batman isn't cool, but it carries a lot less weight. Okay, let me get to my point number three. Let's further separate these two characters. So there's a lot of in common. Speaking of Batman, there's a lot in common with Ninjak and Batman. Okay, they're both, you know, billionaire playboys, badasses. They've got all the tech. But the difference is that Ninjak studies ways for others to beat him all the time. And he comes up with ways to counter that. He trains them. He's known for training them 300,000 times and then says, you know what? Let me train them some more. This is someone who's imprinted any type of countermeasures or training against anything he thinks can be done against him. And he has to figure out what to do. Because remember, he's not just fighting for MI6. He's often in that position where he's helping to save the world. So let's talk about some stuff that he's done. When facing off against an opponent with the same training as him, another ninja character from or person from the MI6 ninja training Ninjak strikes several vulnerable parts of his body and causes him to die of internal bleeding shortly thereafter. This is someone with all the same training as Ninjak, went through the entire same process, and Ninjak said, got it, I will overcome this person, no problem, I plan for this, got this. Against other ninjas from Mount Mount 6 Ninja program, there was Ninja C, Ninja H, and Ninjak 2, Ninjak's replacement. Ninjak beat them all, even Ninjak 2, his replacement, who had all the files, all advanced tech from even Ninjak, and advanced training, all of everything, knew of Ninjak, knew how to create the environment to take out Ninjak. You know, Ninjak still beat that replacement that was supposed to be superior to him. When he found himself in this, this is a fun one, there's this hellish dimension of the dead known as the dead side within the Valiant comic books. Ninjak had to fight for 30 days straight against demons, zombie-like creatures, other monsters before escaping. 30 days straight. Now, in the real world, does he fight for 30 days straight? I doubt it, but who knows what mystical things were happening. The whole point is he did it. It was crazy. He beat this character from Valiant Comics called the Eternal Warrior. The Eternal Warrior is actually the ultimate Captain America being. It's someone who's lived for thousands of years, literally a master of all combat and weaponry, of any type of weaponry known in combat from human history. And Ninjak had to take him on a couple of times and beat him twice. Just to put this in perspective. The ultimate, ultimate badass of Valiant Comics isn't Ninjak, although he might be the best fighter. The ultimate badass is the Eternal Warrior, and Ninjak's beaten him twice. Again, he beat ultimate, the ultimate super soldier, Bloodshot. That's that character. I hate to say it, Manny. That's the one who's got these nanites running through his body that can give him that healing factor, super strength, super speed, super durability. Uh, and his, his nanites can actually be put into another person, and then they go into that person's system and shuts them down. Ninjak's actually beaten him. He's beaten this opponent named Roku, who's an agent listed as extreme skill, 
who was thought by MI6 to be Ninjak's equal or superior in every way. Again, Roku had what MI6 thought were all the tools to beat Ninjak. Ninjak still found a way to win. Ninjak defeated Shadow Man, who has some similarity to Ghost Rider from Marvel Comics, and he did this in the de- in the Dead Side dimension, where Shadow Man's even stronger, and he defeated him in such a way where he opened up a portal, threw him through another part of the Dead Side dimension. My whole point is he beat Shadow Man on his home turf, where he was even more powerful than normal. As part of the superhero group Unity, and Unity is kind of like uh, Valiant's answer to the Avengers or Justice League, Ninjak survived the longest against a character named Malgum. Now, Malgum, I guess like an amalgam, Malgum took out Exo Manowar. He took out all the characters from Unity except for Ninjak. Ninjak was the last person standing, disappeared. And Malgum's like, I'm using all my powers to find him. Where He's in a desert. He's like, where are you hiding from a desert? Ninjak all of a sudden starts talking, but he can't find him. And Ninjak appears behind him and says, I'm a ninja, and puts both the swords through him. Now, of course, it didn't take him out, but it hurt him pretty bad. He's faced off against, again, Exo Manowar a couple of times. He does not have a clear victory over Exo Manowar, the person who could possibly move a planet. However, he has stabbed him through his armor. He has lasted. He actually has two draws against him where they both stop fighting because they realize, hey, they're fighting against the same thing. He has a couple of losses as well, but that's against the Superman person, you know, type for Valiant Comics. And then the last part of all of this is that he had to take on the Valiant universe. So he had to find this book this with mystical properties and bring in someone because someone had taken his goddaughter. And he said, oh my God, you've taken my goddaughter. And the person said, yeah, find this book, go into MI6, sneak in, take the book and get out. So he takes the book. Someone with magical properties sees, oh, oh, the book's missing. Oh, it's Ninjak. So Unity and all the heroes from Valiant Universe come after him and try to stop him. He has to outwit, beat, overpower, not kill, but hurt a whole bunch of them until he can figure out a way to get everyone on his side and to turn the tables on that preacher who was telling him to get it who kidnapped his goddaughter, and of course he rescues his goddaughter at the end. Put all that together, and you realize that Ninjak is not only ready to take on someone like Snake Eyes, not only has he taken on bigger competition and come out ahead, but Snake Eyes really hasn't had that same type of scenario where he's had someone super prepared, possibly even better prepared than him, to take him out and face him. Put all that together, that's my point number three. Some good stuff there. Look, there are some amazing characters. I'm a big fan of Shadow Man. I played that Dreamcast game way back in the day. So the idea that Ninjak is sort of like, as you said before, the Batman of the Valiant Universe, and he's just going around and he's finding ways to drop all of these characters. You know, my only question would be the prior knowledge. Um, the other thing that really sticks out to me about Ninjak that Snake Eyes doesn't have a problem with, because Snake Eyes is covered head to toe in his armor, and he's very movable, and he moves very, very fast, etc. We've been over it. But Ninjak's got that tuft of hair that sticks out from the top of his armor. So your armor is only as good as the weakest spot on it. And I think it's a it's a, it's a decision, it's a choice, it's a flourish that he leaves his hair and his scalp completely unarmored when he goes into battle. That seems to be the kind of thing that a character like Snake Eyes might be able to take advantage of. Here's the thing. That's a great point. He actually has auto covering for everything, all parts of it, including his head, mouth, all that kind of stuff. So he has an auto covering that is just as durable. Remember, it's explosive proof, bulletproof, all that kind of good stuff. The question I have for you is how strong is Snake Eyes 
covering? Is it bulletproof? Is it explosive proof? Is it, what is that? I wouldn't say it's bulletproof at all, but the bullets seem to rarely hit him, although they do, I guess, occasionally. Uh, explosive proof, I think it's durable. I think it's resistant, but it is intended for him to move stealthily, to move very, very quickly, and give him some modicum of protection, but he's relying on his natural speed to avoid a lot of damage a lot of the time. Got it. So in other words, enclosed against explosions or electric discharge or the other stuff that Ninjak does, May not be a strong point, but if he stays on his with his fluidity of motion, right? I think the, that's fair. Okay, Look, got it's, it. It's not he's not dealing with exo mana war armor. That's for sure. That stuff is rough. Got it. Okay, great. All right. So you've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from Manny. Mm-hmm. It's now time for you to make your decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, because okay. you know, you're great at that. And tell us who wins this battle between Snake Eyes and Ninjak. Okay. Yeah. Congrats, both of you. That was a lovely, lovely, educational, informative battle to the death i feel like right off the bat they're very similar (laughs) they are they are very similar in their backgrounds they're very similar in their skills they both take different directions in their skills but they almost sort of balance each other out at times and pick from each other i think if showing up into a battle i believe it would start off fairly even at first and whoever makes that first move is is gonna kick off what actually happens one thing i've learned from bolt from uh from ninjak is that he's prepared he seems to be prepared for certain situations he's got he's going to show up whether or not he has prior knowledge he's going to be prepared for something he knows if he does know what what snake eyes is very similar to him then maybe he comes in prepared for if he were to face himself whereas i would say snake eyes would show up with that sort of point of view that he has nothing to lose and i think there's something there I think there's something about Snake Eyes who doesn't have this sort of because it's uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Ray. But you said his family is it was is dead, right? Um, that is correct. His parents uh, were killed by a drunk driver, very right, unfortunately. Right. So I think there's some point of view there where he's just going and he's going without regret. He's going without overthinking, and I think that sort of helps on quick on the feet and those sort of moments where whatever Ninjak would throw at him, he would be able to react to, not needing to plan ahead for it, but simply using his senses, using his, what he hears, what, using what he sees, using what he smells, and using all of that for his advantage. I believe that if Ninjak were to use some sort of gadget against Snake Eyes, I think Snake Eyes could react uh, and avoid it and dodge it. Maybe get some some scars in the in the mix, but nothing that would cripple him in that scenario. I believe that Snake Eyes does have uh, both of them actually have this interesting ability of of, of speed. You know, uh, Ninja can oh outrun an explosion, but Snake Eyes can uh, chase after a person on a motorcycle. They both seem to move very quickly. I wasn't quite clear on what is Ninja leaving behind when he moves because there was this idea that snake eyes is a bit of like seemed to be there's some sort of visual there but i believe ninjak was able to move in the blink of an eye and dodge something without anyone seeing anything i'm not sure the reasoning behind one of the the two but that (laughs) seems like a loss for uh in that scenario that seems like a loss for snake eyes and a plus for ninjak they both seem to be able to catch swords all the time uh which is great they're gonna keep throwing swords at each other and catching them and throwing it back that sounds like a really lovely time so good good on them i'd like to see them you said ninja gets to cut bullets in half does that stop the bullet or does that split the bullet in two you know can you get shot twice 
It, it would stop the bullet. <laughs> okay. But I like, I like how you think. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, if I threw a cake at you and you cut it in half, you would just get hit with two stabs. Oh, you throw the cake. a cake at me, that cake's getting eaten. Oh, that cake is eaten. Done. Okay. Love it. So to drum roll down to where I think the final showdown will be, there is um, this idea that comes with um, Ninjak that he has this ability to heal, but it does take time. And I, be- I feel that he might rely on that a bit, whereas like knowing that that is the thing that he can do, knowing that he can, he, he can reduce his pain so he won't feel the pain that happens and know that at the end of the day, his arm can grow back. His leg can grow back. He survived all this stuff before. And I think in a one-on-one battle, that would make Snake Eyes, who is someone who will just keep going until the, he finishes the job, to basically take out Ninjak potentially by removing some sort of limb or something to knock him down and get him to a point where Ninjak has no choice but to wait until tomorrow to grow that stuff back, almost like Colin McGregor breaking his ankle. It's like, yeah, he's the best, but he broke his ankle, and that kind of ends the game right now. However, I think the one thing that comes with Ninjak is the ability to be super smart and become someone who is prepared and who is understanding if there's one thing that he does have is prior knowledge when entering a fight is that he could lose. And by him losing and he being on the ground and playing off of Snake Eye's arrogance of walking up to him and saying, you lost, I believe that Ninjak will have some sort of gadget in place in order to take out Snake Eye's right before he even sees it. Therefore, I think the win goes to Ninjak. Wow! What? That was one of the that was one of the most insane, awesome, amazing judgments I have ever heard on the show. By the way, I need to see you write this movie. I will help fund it and get this produced. That was brilliant. Brilliant. I was like, oh my God, he's right. And what about, but I thought I knew Ninjak really well, but he's bringing up all these points. You took me on a um, emotional journey like none other. What a great decision. I'm sorry, Ray. You did amazing, though. You really sold, really sold, Ray. You really did it. Ray, um, you killed it with Snake Eyes. disappointed. Look, Snake Eyes is one of my favorite characters and obviously my favorite property, that being G.I. Joe. Manny! <laughs> Manny, sorry, you, he, he injured Starscream, for gosh sakes. One of the other iconic 80s properties. Look, yeah. Ninjak has a lot of gear. I do think Snake Eyes is too fast and that he's just not going to be able to keep up because of the stealth combined with everything else. I've made the points already. I feel like <laughs> I should start another hour-long discussion <laughs> just to show you how you're getting this so absolutely wrong. <laughs> but there's no shame in losing to Ninjak. It's just shame that I now have to go back to knowing is half the podcast, the G.I. Joe recap show, and have to explain to people <laughs> once again how I lost with a G.I. Joe character, and I feel sick inside, quite so frankly. Sorry. You know what, uh, Manny? I've been planning my revenge on Snake yeah. Eyes for oh, over yeah. two years. Oh, Ever Snake since Eyes the original last time. That's okay. right. Because okay. it was I rep John okay, Wick versus go. Snake Eyes. Right. It wasn't that John Wick lost. I could see that. But you know, I, I think John John Wick could, you know, do some damage to Snake Eyes as well. What got to me was Ray's celebration after the match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so where's yours, James? I'm a bit too classy for this. Too classy. I'm too classy. Uh-huh. People can buy uh-huh. my celebration video for ten ninety nine. <laughs> your ca- your <laughs> cameo? YouTube. That's right. On, yeah, order ten my order me on cam wait, order my wait. Yes, order the celebration on Cameo. I'll tell you how happy I am. I'm celebrating on the inside. I am now, speaking of cake, going to go get myself the biggest birthday cake, eat all of it, 
Is and it your birthday? It, it's someone's birthday. Oh, okay. And I'm going to just have a great time at Ray's expense. And I'm going to put hashtag Ray was wrong. Hashtag two years in the making. Hashtag victory is sweet. Thanks, Ray Stacanus. How dare you, James? This is an <laughs> outrage. Look, hashtag Ray was robbed. Obviously, we can all speak to that right now, okay? Hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Manny, the big thing coming out of all of this is now I just want, I can't get it out of my mind of the two guys throwing the swords at each other, <laughs> yeah. catching it, and then throwing them back again. But additionally, I now want to see in anything that you have written, written coming up of a ninja being so powerful and cutting the bullet in half, but then having both of halves of the bullet hit him, killing because I think that'd be the funniest thing to do ever and such a wonderful take on the trope because those images are in my head I can't even get as mad as I want to right now because you put these ideas in there that are so joyous I, I hate you more for it let me be pain let That's me be so in pain funny. Manny stop bringing me joy funny parody guy cuts the thing and it splits the two and kills his two buddies it would be amazing it would be amazing could, could that be followed by like his last thing being like a cake thrown at him yeah yeah, and he's just like, not even I strong enough so. to cut it, and it just it's hits not him even in the face. my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Manny, Manny, you are—I uh, use this term not loosely—you are a national treasure. Oh, is what I'm saying. I, I can tell why podcast. all the properties you write for are so popular and so successful. Again, that was probably possibly the most significant and amazing visual journey of a of a decision by you a judge on the Who Would Win show ever. I I want to tell JB Blanc that. That's for you, JB. I got I got some issues with JB. Listen, I love JB Blanc. I love JB Blanc. I I love him as a judge. I have some issues with his last decision, but I love him <laughs> as a guy. He's awesome, awesome, amazing, Alfred. All right, Manny. Thank you yes. so much for coming thank on the you. show. Please come back. We want to celebrate everything that you do. Please tell our fans where they can find you online. <laughs> Ray's just shaking his head. I'm sorry, Ray. I love you. I love both of you. This podcast is amazing. So, Manny, tell where everyone tell us where everyone can find you online. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you can follow me on the Twitters, uh, Manny Hagopian, and it's uh, really it. I mean, Twitter is sort of where I, I do. I have an Instagram, but I won't invite anyone to follow me there because it's just happy birthdays for my mom. And uh, yeah, I mean, Apex Legends is out. A lot of great stuff coming from Respawn Entertainment. I write musical theater as well, and I have a uh, working on a show that once Broadway reopens, we'll be doing some stuff because I live in New York City. I'm um, doing some stuff once the city reopens for theater. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all. Just just, just keep supporting uh, keep supporting podcasts like yours. That's kind of my, my main thing. Again, I love the humility here. It's like, yeah, you know, I'm just writing this little thing for, you know, Broadway. And uh, <laughs> I'm writing this other show. And I'm I very much appreciate, like, what you're doing and uh, how, how much you're downplaying it. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Speaking of impressive, Ray, Ray. How impressively angry are you right now? What's going through your head? I'd say I've moved well beyond rage at this point, and now I'm just in in despair, in internal sadness. I feel dead inside. Again? I feel like, I yeah, it happens a lot, uh, especially in regards to this show. <laughs> Snake Eyes absolutely is one of my favorite G.I. Joe characters. I feel like I did everything possible to get him the victory today against Ninjak, and, and, it, and, and, and it did not happen and i don't know where i go from here quite frankly <laughs> i don't know how how the birds could possibly sing tomorrow i don't know how the sun can rise on a new day i will be living in perpetual and total darkness until the next time i win a who would win show 
You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Guys, you saw what happened. My awkward allies, hashtag awkward allies out there. You saw how James clearly cheated. I don't know how yet, but when I view the tape, I'll figure it out. And I know that he did. And I know that hashtag Ray was robbed. You're as disappointed as I am. Come to my Twitter page. where We'll be having a seance. We'll be having a seance for the ghosts of victory. And one day we will find them again. Okay. You know, fans of James Gadsy, feel free to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and come have some cake with me. You know what's better than eating cake? Having cake with lots of cool people. Manny, you're invited for cake anytime. Ray, nice to see you. But everyone else, come and have some cake with me, and we'll have a great time. You can find me on Twitter, at Instagram, and Facebook, at James Gadsy. Remember to join the official Hoodman Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram, at Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you can find our audio or video content. Subscribe, comment, like it, share it. Tell us what you think about it. Let's talk. Let's get to know each other. On behalf of myself, Ray Stacanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. And I'm Cassandra. And we're the hosts of Trashy Trashy. We're a podcast filled with trashy news stories and garbage people. Did you leave the scene of an accident to go tanning? Do you refer to wearing the strap down on your Crocs as sports mode? Have you ordered Domino's online before they even open in the morning? Are you switching the same AAA batteries from your TV remote to your vibrator instead of just buying more batteries? Or are you normal? Check us out wherever you download podcasts. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.